This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts. Hi, I'm Christina. I'm from Prague. Hi, I'm Jen, and I'm from Canada. Hi, I'm Ola Banji, and I'm from Nigeria. Hello, I'm Liki, and I live in Paris. Hi, I'm Brian, and I'm from New York. Welcome to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. In our conversations, we share ideas, perspectives, questions, and things we can actually do to make a difference. So don't be shy and join our Carbon Sessions because it's not too late. Hi, I'm Liki. Hi, I'm Christina. Hi, I'm Jen. And today I would like us to discuss the planetary boundaries. Not climate change, the planetary boundaries. And by this, we don't mean, you know, the edge of the universe, right? <laughs> oh, maybe the edge of the universe, but um, we're just looking at the planet right now for the moment. Right. The planetary boundaries, I think it's a very, very interesting concept that we need to have in mind when we talk about climate change. Because as you probably know, Mother Nature, it works very, very beautifully because everything works in harmony on this planet. Like, for example, if we look at photosynthesis, which is very, very basic, Basically, what photosynthesis does is that it takes energy from the sun, it takes water and carbon dioxide, which is absorbed by the plant, and uh, and then it produces food for us to eat and for animals to eat. And so that works very well, well, and it's beautiful, right? And there's also another example of wonderful thing that's been working very, very well is the um, cycle of water. Uh, when it rains, the water goes into the rivers and then it goes into the um, underneath ponds and reservoir and then uh, it is used to grow plants. So it's been working very, very well for years. And this is beautiful because it has created a kind of um, predictability in how nature would behave. And so... People living on this planet knows what to expect and how to build life around this. And this is how we have been prospering as a species, as humans, as humanity. Isn't it great? It is. It's magic. <laughs> it, it's, it's marvelous. It's, it's Because when I think about this and I think, wow, this is marvelous like i really mean it it's it's marvel you know how come it works so beautifully right when i used to teach medical terminology and anatomy and physiology in in a previous role in life there was a word that i loved and the word was homeostasis mm -hmm. which you know the body is brilliant at doing at bringing itself into harmony and balance which is what that word means and you know, I used to look at the functioning of the kidney and get kind of choked up. You know, I think my students thought I was, <laughs> what's wrong with her? But it was, it's just so beautiful how it works when we don't interfere. <laughs> yeah. When we don't interfere. Yeah. And it is precisely that what is happening on planet Earth because things are changing and we start 
having problems, yeah, it's a very weak word for that. Um, disturbances or issues, big issues like climate change, but it's not the only problem. It's not the only issue, the only thing that is not working very well. And um, in 2009, there was a group of leading scientists, environmental scientists and academics that worked together and to build a model, a framework that identified the different parts of, of um, big processes of nature and how they work together and also identify the boundaries. Process should not cross so I feel like it's uh, it's like with people when uh, they don't have set boundaries, then uh, they fall apart. And so I guess the scientists are trying to find what are the set boundaries before everything falls apart. Yes, yes. I don't. I couldn't find it exactly, but I think I've read somewhere that you know um, if. More than like I, I I mean I might be completely wrong, but it's I, I couldn't find um, the article again when I was preparing for this call, but I've read some time ago that there are nine processes, and if six of them cross the boundaries, it's irreversible, and that's horrible. That's horrible to read that, but I can't find the article, so I'm probably wrong, and I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> so the nine processes are. The climate change, biodiversity loss and species extinctions, stratospheric ozone depletion, ocean acidification, biogeochemical flows of phosphorus and nitrogen, deforestation, decreasing availability of fresh air, introduction of novel entities like synthetic organics, and the last one is atmospheric aerosol loading. Those are the nine. Maybe for climate change, it is important to explain why this, is, this process is very important. And I think that for climate change is that because the world, the whole, the way we live, we work, we build, it's built around a certain you know, climate pattern and has been going on for years and years. And so if the climate changes, that means that the world needs to be rebuilt, right? And actually, we're seeing it right now because there are now there are cities, places that people cannot live they, and they have to move or that needs to be rebuilt. And so climate change is a very important issue. I mean, we, we, we know that because we talk about this a lot, but I think it's, it's important to explain why, you know, it's not just because, oh it's too hot or it's too cold. It's really because the weather is not as predictable as it used to be. And the world, the society, history, humanity has been built around a certain pattern of weather. And now that has changed, we need to rethink of how humanity needs to be organized. Yeah. And also, I think the big, one of the biggest issue is not only the flooding of coastal areas, but I think one of the biggest issues is refugees of the climate change and understanding that it's going to impact everybody because these people have to go somewhere, eat something. So those little, little kind of signs 
of climate change that it, it is going to happen. I think we should pay attention to and not wait until it's happening. Oh, no, no, it is already happening. There are people that cannot live in on where they were born anymore. So this is already happening. And it's, I think it, this is just one of aspects of climate change. But uh, what I'm trying to, to express is that also, you know, the way we grow food needs to be rethought. So it's a whole society that needs to be reorganized. The threshold that this group of scientists have used to measure the boundary of climate change is the CO2 concentration in the atmosphere. Yeah. So, so with these, and we've crossed six of the nine, we think. Yes, we have. Yes. Um, so, so a question, is there going, is there a going back? Well, um, I was going to say, I don't know, but I think they, I hope that there is go, a going back because from my early understanding of the planetary boundaries, because those different processes are linked. If there are too many, too many processes that have crossed the threshold, it's impossible to go back. Yeah, at some stage, if we cross all these boundaries, it will reach the point of no return. But um, hopefully we have not reached that yet. So there's climate change, but there's also ocean acidification. Yeah, it's, uh, it's that ocean absorbs CO2, so it won't be able to absorb it anymore. You know, when the pH in the ocean is too acidic, life cannot happen in the ocean anymore. So this is uh, something that, uh, that scientists um, are monitoring. Luckily, and I don't know if you remember the ozone depletion. Are you, are you talking, Leaky, about the hole in the ozone that happened quite a number of years ago? Yes. And everyone panicked. And yes. they banned aerosol sprays and that the, uh, pro the uh, projectant chemical in spray cans, they changed the technology. Yes. And the good news was that that stopped or closed over again. Yes. Um, and that was that like the the thing is it's it's sort of like the covid vaccine you know if everyone pulled together in a in a hurry you could make st something happen if it was urgent enough and and people realized that it it affected every single person on the planet then we're smart yeah that's amazing <laughs> we can figure this out we can figure this out. We just need to. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was a, I was a teenager at that time and I was looking at the news and I thought, oh, wow, that means that when I'll be an adult, I will die because uh, of the hole in the ozone layer. But then we didn't die because uh, we, as in the world, has identified the problem and the world has worked together to solve the issue. So that's, a, that's something that has been measured, uh, monitored, sorry, in the planetary boundaries. Yeah. You know, but I think with this, hopefully we learned from those guys who uh, realize what the aerosols are doing because it, I think they came up with it in 70s. Yeah. And they were shunned and ridiculed. And finally, after so many years, people went, oh, yeah, this is happening. So hopefully we'll learn and start doing something before 
total disaster. That's not unusual. You know, um, we have, I, I consider him, you know, a modern day prophet, David Suzuki. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, he's, he's spent his entire life saying, we got to do something, people. <laughs> and, and he's been, you know, yeah. he's had people say rotten things about him and all the rest of it, but everything he said is coming to be. <laughs> and it was a really hard road and he's now you know quite quite on in years his daughter has taken up some of it oh really activism what's her Um, name oh i'm trying to remember i'd have to look it up but she's um she's spoken on stages and she's taken up some of his um and and so it's it's quite fascinating that you know at first it seems like a fringe, <laughs> a fringe thing. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, you know, maybe we should have listened to that because <laughs> here we are. Yeah. You know, what was happening in California this past week with all of the flooding and the water and oh my word, like, mm. like stuff is happening. Halifax, I, I was in our country, we, we had um, in Halifax, they had something like 150 centimeters of snow in a short amount of time, which is taller than, you know, a small child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they have uh, had to have people come and dig out uh, so they could even open their doors um, on Cape Breton Island and some, some of the places. And there's been a lot of people stuck with no food, no medicine, because they can't physically get to them uh, because of this wild snowstorm. That is one for the record books. So it's wow. it's happening, but it's just can we put it all together and is it a wake up call or not? Right. Yeah, and see the whole picture. Yeah, that we're all connected. Another wake up call would be the loss of biodiversity. <laughs> that is a very very big one because uh, it took me some time to understand to try to gather why loss of biodiversity is very important because I'm a city girl. But if we think of the concept of food chain, eh, yes. now it's very very clear. Every animal is a predator of another animal and and is also a prey for another animal. And so if the food chain is broken. Uh, which is caused by loss of biodiversity, that means that there will be probably some animal species will be competing for food. <laughs> and uh, and that will create a lot of problems. Yeah. Yeah, there already are, yeah. Yeah. And so in the concept of planetary boundaries, there's a way to measure that, is that actually I should say that this is probably the only number I can understand, which is the annual rate of loss of biological diversity is below 10 extinctions per million species. So what do we do? <laughs> yeah, it's it sounds very, very doom and gloom. <laughs> Doesn't it? I think my point of raising this topic is not to bring the doom and gloom on the Friday morning or evening. <laughs> but um, my point was more to raise awareness that we should not just be looking at climate change as just one single issue and just focus on carbon reduction because it's um, there's a silo approach to nature, to the environment, whereas nature works with different processes and they're all interlinked. So 
I guess this is my my point. The idea that I want to I want to share with you is that if we just focus on climate change and how to you know to do the energy transition or how to capture carbon, we're not looking at the at the whole picture. First of all, and then second of all is that if we just focus on that, it will be very very easy for us to be greenwashed. True. Yeah, you cannot just look at one problem, especially when they are all. Interconnected, right? And so I think if each person listening, you know, it can feel overwhelming. This this um, climate anxiety they call they've labeled now, it can feel overwhelming. But we can still do stuff, and it doesn't matter who you are, where you live, <laughs> what your situation is. There are things that can be done, and they can be things in your own house. We're not talking just recycling. But, you know, letter writing and learning more about it and following the Carbon Almanac and talking to people. And I think the more that we do that, the more aware people will become. And like I said, we're all really smart uh, creatures and we, can, we got ourselves into this mess. And I think we can, I think we can get ourselves out. Maybe I'm uh, hoping. <laughs> Yeah, and I also want to add that the the concept of planetary boundaries is one concept that has been developed by scientists that are very very good and skilled researchers. But it's it's still for debate, and so don't be don't be depressed. And maybe Christina, you know, uh, you mentioned earlier something that is um, quite uplifting, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I I have been thinking about with all these changes and everything about the Aborigine people that all over the world, they not only got the observational ability of science and instruments, but they learn through learning from their elders and from stories. And almost they have this knowledge we should listen to and they have been warning us for a very long time and uh, a lot of their ways they deal with uh, earth they deal with the weather they navigate in the oceans have been shown in the science lately and the uh, theoretical physics they're seeing oh there's something to it so hopefully we can also listen to them and bring that into the awareness of all of us, not just uh, the research, but add that to it. And maybe start groups and getting together people. It's, yeah. The power is in numbers. So <laughs> that was my hope. I think we're good. We'll, we'll figure it out. There's such a small number compared to the whole world. There's such a small number of people who deny all these things and who want to hide from it and don't care. I think the majority is so overwhelmingly giving, giving and connecting with everybody and positive and understanding that I and think actually <laughs> if you want to find more details about the planetary boundaries you don't need to buy the carbon almanac what you can do is to go to the carbon almanac.org 
and you can check the footnotes. So the entry, I'm going to give you the entry for the planetary boundaries. So you go to the carbonalmanac.org, you go to footnotes, and then you type in 339. Type in 339 to get to the planetary boundaries information. You have all the articles that have been used to write the article on the carbon almanac. But but buy the book. <laughs> yeah, well, you can buy the book too. But if you don't buy, want buy to buy it, buy give them away. <laughs> yeah, you can buy it. But if you don't want to buy it, you can still can find find out by going to the commonalmanac.org. Now, on the site for people, sometimes it's difficult to find the footnotes. So you have to scroll all the way down, all the way at the bottom. In small letters, there is a line of things, and between them, there is footnotes. So that's how you find footnotes. And, and another thing you can do that would really help is to review this podcast and to share it because that costs you absolutely nothing but about five minutes of time is to give us a review and to share this with a friend. And that would really, really help further our conversation. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye. You've been listening to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. We'd love you to join the Carbon Sessions so you too can share your perspectives from wherever you are. This is a great way for our community to learn from your ideas and experiences, connect, and take action. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, go to thecarbonalmanac.org slash podcasts and sign up to be part of a future episode. This podcast is also part of the Carbon Almanac Network. For more information, to sign up for the emails, to join the movement, and to order your copy of the Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Be sure to subscribe and join us here again as together we can change the world.